This week's episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast, we have a major announcement. A partnership. Excited to talk about that. Josh Allen's record-breaking contract. Some smoke about the Austin Bills. An NCAA coaching legend passes away. Ten history facts. Another NFL player indicted on a felony charge. And the NFL cracking down on another specific rule. Plus, in my hive, an NFL fan rant update. Let's go. Joe Bees and Kylie Munch. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. Joe and Kylie back again. A lot to go over today. Uh, started off with a little bit of a funny story. Like every weekend it seems, Kylie played softball last weekend. I just so happened to be working a day shift. And I get dispatched to Betts Park. So the cool thing about when 911 calls are made is uh, depending on how long the line's open, they can get a pretty specific ping to where the phone is at, right? So, of course, I didn't. I knew that tournament was being played, but I didn't know you guys were playing at the time until this dispatch came across the radio and says, 911, open line, doesn't appear to be an emergency, but I can hear Get Low playing <laughs> from a speaker. <laughs> Little John. So I immediately knew. I was like, well, that had to be Kylie and my my old team because that's what they, you know, they jammed some pretty wild shit during the games. And Get Low's <laughs> probably on that list. Uh, so, yeah, they actually pinged it and told me, like, the specific dugout. Like, I knew exactly where to go. Oh, so really? Yeah. They said, uh, of course, Dispatch didn't know – Um the names of the fields or anything, but they could like, they were like the field close playground. I'm like, it's Betts field. And they're like, uh, the dugout close to the playground. I'm like, wow. First base side. That's great. So yeah, that was pretty funny though. And I get down there and, uh, do you say that's Colin Mason's girlfriend? Uh huh. Yes. And, uh, she's just like, welcome to the, group. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, she's like, that was my phone. I just looked, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's, you know, we just, we respond to all of those to make sure. Cause you never know if, you know, yeah. an open line could be somebody. It was, it was in her cup holder of her chair. And I think it was like pressing the button. Cause she put it back in there and it started doing it again. She's like, Oh my God. After you, after you <laughs> after like, left. I left. Yeah. And she grabbed it real quick and like canceled it. It started doing the SOS again. And so then she's like, I'm not putting it back. Cause I think it was like squeezing the buttons yeah, in the cup holder. Too tight or something yeah. like that. Right on. So good stuff. It was just funny. Yeah. Always. In, and, uh, of course calls like that for me are better than right. the ones where the, there is an emergency. I have a lot of people come up to me about this one call. Uh, this is actually pretty funny too. Not sports related, but we'll get to the sports here in a minute. But, uh, a nine one one open line through an Alexa. And the dispatcher goes, all I can hear is this woman repeating, Alexa, how tall is Rob Schneider? 
<laughs> so they tell me the address and everything. Why well, real quick on my phone, Google it, like how tall he is. So I go and knock on the door and it's a group of like older women and they were drinking wine and like having like a girl's night or something. And uh, she comes out and she goes, she's like, you know, of course she sees the police and she's like, what the hell? And she's like, can I help you? And I'm like, Rob Schneider's five foot eight and your Alexa keeps calling 911. And she's like, oh my God. Like, it was a pretty good one too. So like, she must know a lot of people because I've had several people come up to me and be like, hey, I heard that story about Rob Schneider. And I was like, yeah. So she must thought it was funny too because she told a lot of people. So that's funny. Anyways, on to sports. Well, actually, first, major announcement. The Beehive Sports Podcast has partnered with an online golf and baseball apparel store named Swing Juice. So I'm gonna Oh, they're baseball too. I didn't they, know. They're that. MLBPA licensed. Oh nice. So I didn't they, know that. Yeah, so they sell they make t shirts for like specific players. Like you get like a Tati shirt and they have like I don't know, ironic, funny, ironic sayings and mm-hmm. shit on them. Uh so Here's how this all happened, though. You know how, what what is, what's it called when you like Google something and then Facebook starts popping up al- algorithms? Is that what that's yeah, called? Yeah, I think they use those. Too. Yeah. yeah. So, so like you Google, you know. So I, I'm like googling golf shit all the time. So this is like probably three, two, three months ago. I was scrolling and I see this company and a sponsored ad on my Facebook feed called Swing Juice. And I just thought the name, like, remember that shirt that you had that says Swingman and it's a Griffey mm-hmm. shirt? Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I just, mm-hmm. something about swing, like, and then swing juice, like swinging hard, hitting the ball hard, golf or baseball. It's fun. It's like what I enjoy about the game. I was like, I'm not good at golf, but I fucking swing hard. <laughs> and I'd probably be better if I didn't swing as hard, but <laughs> I just want to hit the ball hard. That's so, just in your DNA. Yeah, that's just, yeah, exactly. That's who I am. So swing juice, I'm like, fucking sign me up, right? So I clicked the link, bought a hat. And uh, since I've actually got two more shirts from them. And uh, the one I really, really like, it's a golf ball with headphones on it. And it says golf and hip hop. And that's it. And I just thought that was great, too. So they have another one that says like golf and tacos, like just different stuff like that. So uh, anyways, in the midst of me looking at all their website or over their website and everything, I found a partnership link and uh, filled out the application and told them what, you know, we're doing here with the pod and everything like that. And they immediately got back to me. Like uh, it was less than 24 hours and they're like, you're approved. Uh, we'll set up a phone meeting. I did that uh, with the the sales manager and or marketing. I can't remember exactly what his title is, but uh yeah, so they agreed. We agreed. So we're going to be pushing a promo code, uh, Beehive20. I'm going to be posting a link to the Facebook page. You can do either of those, not both. Uh, if you click the link and follow the link and shop, all non-sale items, 20% off. And some of the proceeds will be contributed to the Beehive Sports Podcast. So you can you know, shop Swing Juice and support the podcast at the same time. Get some golf apparel. Uh, they have polo, you know, like they they have everything. So, uh, pretty excited about it. Like I said, they are MLBPA licensed, so they have 
baseball and golf apparel. Um, again, Beehive 20. So get shopping, listeners. Help uh, Kylie and I build this account so we can uh, rent a giant studio. I don't know what we'd do the money, but we don't know yet. <laughs> We're going to get, you know, upgrade equipment and stuff like that. We're doing all that. So we get, can go to the Super Bowl. So we can go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Send us to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you said that uh, Sean Jones from Jones Pest Control, who's back, uh, he's you know going to do it every other month oh, with yeah, us, yeah, so yeah. he's back. Uh, he said that the pod should send sponsors to a football game. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you a koozie. He's <laughs> like, no, I want to go to a, a football game, so I have to buy tickets. So, send him to a Dragons game. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, there you go, Sean. Because I know he'll let, Sean's gonna be listening. We will get you front row seats, home side, Bleacher War seats. Memorial Field. Uh, two hot dogs, two Coca Colas, and uh, you get a photo with the mascot. We can arrange all of that for you. I know a few people, so we'll make that happen. So, yeah, back to Swing Juice. Uh, well, real quick on it again, just to reiterate, Beehive 20, that's the code you'll punch in once you, you know, fill your cart with all the cool shit you want to buy, you put it in there, you put in the code, lots of great apparel. Like I said, the, the site's really, really cool. I could spend a whole bunch of money on there. So, um, Beehive 20, use the code, the link will be posted on the Facebook page regularly. We're going to push that out, a, you know, a couple times a week so that remains relevant and so you can click the link the codes are automatically applied or if you just go to swingjuice.com uh fill your shopping cart with whatever you want use promo code beehive 20 20 off your order so moving ahead our boy ja17 uh kylie and i have waited a really long time for a Bills quarterback to be actually relevant. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, the biggest extension a Bills quarterback's received in the last, like, what, 20 years was probably when Fitzy had him at, like, a 6-0 and record, and then they finished 7-9 and mm-hmm. or 9-7, and whatever it was. Not good. Yeah, I mean the only the only team that's probably had a worse string of luck with quarterbacks is the Browns, I guess. That is accurate. They, yeah, they have. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, there's been Bills quarterbacks with a little more longevity than than what like Edward Trent Edwards was there a few years. Lossman played a couple years. Mm-hmm. The Browns are like pumping through one or two a season like there for a while. Patrick played well enough to get himself a contract. Yeah, yeah, he put. Oh yeah, he was there. What three years, four years, something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, and then Tyrod, he played a couple seasons. So, yeah, the Browns definitely have had worse luck. But uh, it looks like both franchises finally found their guy. And I'm happy about that. Uh, Allen signs six years. This is an extension, by the way. A lot of people were confused about that. Uh, so this actually keeps him in Buffalo for eight years. If he plays out the full contract like we hope and everything goes well, you know, that's a – the next eight years he'll be a Buffalo Bill because yeah, have, very uh, similar. Like I, we were talking about before. Like Mahomes was a ten-year extension. 
which it keeps him for the next 12 years. Is right. Wouldn't he design that? So, right. The same type of thing, really. Yeah. So he plays out uh, year four on his rookie deal. He plays out the fifth year option and then has the the extension begins where he's going to be getting uh, roughly $43 million a year. Uh, that that is if you break down the two fifty eight, divide it by six, so you're evenly saying that's forty three a year. Uh, I don't with the guaranteed money. I couldn't find anything on like what the si- signing bonus or whatever. Uh, and I think all these big contracts for these quarterbacks really gear it so that they can transfer more money into a bonus and free up more money for the actual salary cap. Plus, with the Allen contract, there's a lot of word around the NFL if you, you know, really dive into it and look up articles and, you know, research that the salary cap, obviously with the COVID bullshit you had, the salary cap dip, they're anticipating like a huge jump in the next couple of years. So I think that with the two year, you know, two years left on the rookie deal, that makes sense for them to be able to pay other players as well. And then when you get to, you know, uh, what would it be? 20. So this year's 21, 22 is the fifth year option. When you get to 2023, he's gonna, you know, the, the cap will be so much bigger that 43 million won't actually, you know, hurt as bad as what it would in a year like this year. Where it was like what one eighty something they settled on or something like that one ninety. Yeah, it actually went down. Right? Yeah, it yeah. went down. Yeah, yeah. So they're expecting a huge jump. Uh, the I signing really... bonus was just under sixteen and a half million. Sixteen so, and a half million. Sixteen point four. And but that's what I mean. And they can each year they can actually like move money and make it a, an additional bonus. That's what they did with all these restructurings. Where they, they were already like, did that to Mahomes after like one year. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They moved his around yeah. already. Yeah, because of the COVID yeah. year. So yeah, these things are drawn up in a way where they can. Which I don't even know. Like, I was talking to Honorati about this. I was like, I don't know how how long the league lets that happen before they do something about the contracts because these guys. I don't know. It's like these guys. If you land a big quarterback and then you can just move money around like that, you can almost build a super team around them. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I mean, right. we'll see, we'll see what happens. But it, these guys are getting so um, inventive with the way they do these contracts now that way more they might creative. need to do something to, to so that there's a little more, uh, you know, it's a little, little they keep the parity in the league and don't just allow that to them to grab hold you know right if you get a Mahomes or an Allen or right you know what I mean or yeah and uh 150 million guaranteed in this contract is record-breaking it's the most guaranteed mm-hmm. money it beat Mahomes was like 141.8 or 0.9 or something like that 141.4 141.4 and okay. Al- Allen's is 147.3 oh it is so it's they ballparked 150 it's actually 147 man that three million <laughs> What a big difference, right? Uh, so, yeah, I'm just I'm excited about that. I mean, obviously, we try to keep it as unbiased as possible and talk about all news, but this this is you know 
it's our show and we're Bills fans, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But I'm excited about this. Hopefully the jump continues uh, for him because if he gets better from last year to this year, like, I mean, I don't know what the, what kind of ceiling we're talking here, but he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. If he gets better from what he was last year, I, I like, I'm just, conf- I don't really know how. I mean, aside from figuring out a way to beat Kansas City, that's really it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely improvements to make with. I mean, he still he still showed mistakes at time to me, and like he still looked flustered sometimes, and like he he just Mahomes has a certain ease to him and like calmness that Allen sometimes doesn't show. Sugar high, Josh Allen. It, it's still he still hasn't quite. He's gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. But Mahomes is like so cool, calm, collected all the time. Yeah, and like even when he was running for his life in the Super he just Bowl, looks so confident all the time. Yeah. Not that Allen doesn't look confident. You just sometimes he just like is you every once in a while he still see, comes out a little bit. And uh, and the other thing I'd like to see him get under wraps is he has like a tad bit of like hot headedness to him that I would like to see that kind of go away also. Like whipping the ball at the guy in the Chiefs game when he was sacked, like right. just shit like that. Yeah. That uh, in both sides were at fault there, but but yeah, yeah sometimes. Oh, there was there was definitely yeah. Kansas City was because we we their argued about too. that a little bit. We and did stuff too, and yeah, but yeah, but yeah, sometimes like you're saying, you like to see him keep your head a little bit. But the the one um, play last year that he got flagged for that I was totally okay with uh, was the San uh, San Diego. Here we go. The LA Chargers when he spun the ball when he spun the ball at the guy's feet, yeah, and he did that. I'm assuming there was something said or because he's not the type of guy to just do that just for the hell of it. So I think there was clearly some words were said prior to him doing that, and he got flagged for that. And uh, I don't know if you saw the. McDermott was mic'd up that game. Yeah, I saw it when he came over. And he went like, over I'm to him. I'm not coming over to yell at you. I'm not like, coming over to yell I like yeah. the intensity. Yeah. I just wanted to let you know one more and you're gone. Yeah, one more <laughs> personal foul yeah. and you're tossed from the game. Or unsportsmanlike conduct and yeah. you're tossed from the game. So, yeah, that was I, – I did like that, though. If the guy fucking runs his mouth, give it back to him a little bit. They're pro athletes. And, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And the thing uh, – Just be mindful of where you're at and you can't get another one. Exactly. Uh but speaking of unsportsmanlike conducts, that's something we're going to get into in the things that sting, uh, NFL rule crackdown. But we'll get to that later. So the, to follow up on, you know, the Allen thing, what was it immediately before or immediately after? Uh, the Bills are in the market for a new stadium, of course. everybody, Anybody who's a Bills fan knows this already. Uh, the negotiations have been going on for a while. And I don't think, well, I, okay, I don't know about negotiations. I know the, the meetings have been happening. I don't know if, when they, if offers have been made from any side or anything like that. But uh, Pagula, as a negotiation tactic, decided, you know, here's what we want. He threw his offer down, which was, what, $1.5 billion, uh, and we want it paid for by the state or the county or whoever. And um, I don't know how. Uh, well, basically, he's what he said was that 
cities will do this for teams. Other cities would love to have an NFL team, and they would do this. So he's applying some pressure. That's, I mean, I'm in a union. You in a union? Mm-hmm. You're union down there, right? You ever been on negotiations or anything like that? Uh, n- not directly involved, but I mean, but you I know have, a little I bit about it, right? Yeah, it, it's it. You you go down there, you know, and you you talk you you hand out some requests or demands or whatever you want to call them, and then they come back, and then you go back, and it's just back and forth bullshit until you come to it no deals know. getting done after one meeting no no exactly so pagula comes in and says this and then uh you know the news runs with it and somehow austin texas gets brought into it and they're you know now every cbs sports like all these major networks were posting about it and just all it does it's just such bullshit and it gets people talking it's like anything media nowadays people it, just take it and stuff and run with it, it. Yeah. right yeah so was, yeah because i don't know how many people i well most most people who approached me about it or text me or mm-hmm. i saw them and they said something whatever they were all like what do you think about it and none of them were you know dumb enough like if you read the comments on some sections where they're like oh the bills will be in austin soon anyways no they won't the bills aren't moving it's not going to happen. If the Pagulas move the Bills, they have to sell the Sabres, one, which I don't think a lot of these fans, air quotes I'm throwing up over here, know that. These sports fans from who are just saying it to talk shit, he would have to sell the Sabres. You can't have, you cannot own two sports franchises in different cities. It's a fucking rule. And nobody does. Nobody can. And that's all there is to it. It was part of the reason why the Jacobs family got tossed from bidding on the bills to begin with. When they went up for sale, when Trump was going for them, Bon Jovi and his goons from Canada, and uh, obviously the Pagulas, the Jacobs family who owned the Boston Bruins, were in that mix. But then... They, you know, they were working some creative shit to shuffle it around so that they could own both in two different cities, and they they couldn't. They, they nobody would let it happen. So I don't. I mean, the Sabers are fucking dumpster fire, but I don't think the Pagulas want to sell them. They own like what three city blocks down there where that arena is at. Yeah, and redid a lot of the stuff down there. Right in the last five to ten years. Yeah. So, don't buy this moving bull. I'm not telling you. I'm telling the listeners. I know you yeah, don't buy they, it. They've dumped so much money into that right. city. But I was concerned, wasn't I? Yeah. Remember when yeah, I texted yeah. you? And I yeah. said, just why? Why this? Why now? Like, this team's finally making moves. They're finally good. They have really talented players. You just inked your franchise quarterback for a long time little less than a decade and then this has to come out it's like just distraction bullshit i hated it it pissed me off and you calmed me down because i was frustrated i just hate the timing <laughs> right i get that the timing of it did we talk about this last episode the austin bills i don't think we did i don't remember but I feel like I remember telling listeners how you talk. Maybe you just talk me off the ledge a lot with sports shit. So it's just those, <laughs> that part of it is what's making me like have deja vu right now. I mean, you do though. You, 
I, I know for a fact last episode I said you're my voice of reason. So when I'm fired up about something sports related, you can help me get back to level head. I appreciate that about you, Kylie. So moving on. Bobby Bowden, longtime Florida State coach, passes away at age 91. It's a iconic person in, in college football, right? Everybody who watched college football knows Bobby Bowden. Uh, he was, in July, diagnosed with a terminal medical condition, but at the time they didn't disclose what that was. It turns out it was actually pancreatic cancer. Uh, he passed away with his family surrounding him. And, uh, yeah, I actually read a really cool story about him that I wanted to share, too, because this is something I had no idea about. I'm pretty sure this rule doesn't exist anymore. But apparently Bobby Bowden was a badass quarterback in high school way back in the day. He His dream was not to Not Bobby Boucher. Not Bobby. No, he he was a uh, mud dog. <laughs> yeah. He won, uh, returned at halftime, helped him win the bourbon bowl. <laughs> I just watched that. It was on TV the other night. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. So anyways, Bobby Bowden uh, was apparently a badass quarterback in high school. And his dream was to play for Alabama Crimson Tide. He chased the dream, and he did it. He made it to Alabama. Well, there was a rule, and I don't know if it was an Alabama rule or a college football rule or what, but freshman players were not allowed to get married. Strange, but we're talking... How long ago? I mean, he's he's 90, 91. So what? 21 takes us to 2000. That's 71 years old. 40, 1960s, late 50s, 1960s. Yeah. So times were different then, of course, you know. But anyways, Bobby Bowden uh, wanted to marry his high school sweetheart. And Alabama wouldn't let him. So he quit. He transferred to Howard, which is now known as Samford, and played quarterback there upon uh, finishing his college career immediately into coaching. So pretty neat story about yeah. something I didn't know about him. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Bobby Bowden, second all-time in wins in district – or, I'm sorry, in, in Division One football. I believe the number was 377 wins, but I don't. Re I didn't write that down, and I don't remember. But I think it was 377. He also led Florida State to 28 consecutive bowl appearances. Uh, just a hell of a resume the guy built. So it's a shame for college football. Uh, hopefully, his family's at peace and everything. And of course, I think they had a you know a little bit of an indicator that it was coming being that he was diagnosed in July. So on to less, well, uh, it's not, it's not, it's a poor comparison. I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say less sad news, but it's not, it's still sad for pirate fans, but it, that's a terrible comparison. That's just a dick thing to say. Uh, so disregard that I said that, but uh, tonight as we're recording or pr just prior to, right. Uh, right. Kylie, tell us what happened in, in Bucko land. Well, last night they got one hit. Oh, and, they did? Yeah, they got one hit last night, too, on top of it. One hit last night. And, shut out? 
No, it was, it was a, a solo. Run. It was a solo home run okay. by Park, the guy they got from the Yankees. Jack Parkman. <laughs> no, uh, the Korean dude. They have another Korean guy on their team now, but they got from the Yankees. So not Jack Parkman no, from Major quite. League Two. Not quite. Okay. And um, tonight they were facing the Cardinals, and Adam Wainwright was pitching. Who's got to be about forty-two by now? I don't know. He's <laughs> been in the league a long time. Yeah, and he threw a two-hit shutout against the Pirates, where he only threw eighty-eight pitches. So, what did we call it? <laughs> they got Maddox. Too. And you said that before you saw the headline, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So we, Kylie, looks at me and says. Dude, the Pirates got Maddox. If you're a regular listener, you know, we talked about, and that was that in sports history? Must have been. It was in sports history, where Greg Maddox threw 78 pitches and in a shutout. Yeah, because we broke it down by inning. By inning. Mm-hmm. 78 pitches, which is incredible. Well, 10 more pitches. Adam, Adam Wainwright throwing 88 pitches in a shutout in 2021 is insane. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So... Four nothing, eighty-eight pitches from he pitched double his age, (laughs) (laughs) doubled up his age. (laughs) Shut out the Buckos. All right, that'll do it for opening. We're gonna take a break, and we will be back with this week in sports history. Hi, this is Chris Rossetti, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, D9in10sports.com. It's just like the old one, but with the word and in the number 10 added to the end. D9in10sports.com is your new home for District 9 and District 10 high school sports, and we are doing all the things you have come to love from us, plus much, much more. Our goal is the same, to cover every sport at every school in both D9 and D10 in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. If you're a high school sports fan, you need to check out D9in10sports.com today. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9 and District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. A couple things District 9, 10 related. Uh, first off, congratulations to Brian Hagberg and Andy Close uh, on your one-year anniversary of launching uh or adding the 10 to the 9, I believe is how it went. Uh, we shared the article on the the Facebook page, so just a quick shout-out to those guys. Congrats. Keep up the good work. Uh, a lot of uh, high school athletes, families, parents from all over appreciate you guys. So just wanted to mention that real quick, and I'm going to turn it over to Kylie uh, to bring up another topic. Related. Yeah, speaking of uh, local sports, uh, local sports hero, from our area passed away um in a couple weeks ago in july and we figured we ought to bring him up and talk about him toby shea uh john john william shea toby everybody knew him as um he was born in clarendon um in 1934 march 1934 uh 
Uh, was a really good football player at Warren. Graduated from Warren in 1953. Got a football scholarship to Penn State where he attended for one year before he enlisted in the Army. And uh, he did his, did his duty in the Army. Um, and when he returned, he, uh, he went to Lock Haven where he uh, graduated with a um, Bachelor in Science and Health Education. And took a teaching and coaching position at Johnsonburg High School, where he began his coaching career, which is where he really highlighted and shined later on here, as we'll get to. But um, um, he eventually he earned his master's at Indiana University and um, in health and, and safety in 1965. Um, and then in, but in 1963, he uh, he left Johnsonburg and accepted a teaching and coaching position at Youngsville high school. So this is where he draws himself back, back to the area here. Yep. And, uh, in 1965 and six, he led Youngsville high school to, um, back to back undefeated seasons. Um, and then he was offered it the following year, the co- uh, coaching and teaching position at Warren area high school where he then was until 1984. He was the head coach of Warren compiling a record of 117, 55, and 3. And the highlight of his coaching career came in 1976 when the Dragons went undefeated and finished fourth in the state. It's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. He's a very well-known guy by the whole community. Yeah, I'm familiar with the name, uh, and I know that there were a lot of people uh, talking when this, you know, when he did pass away. Mm -hmm. It was losing a local legend. Yep. Yeah, he was in like he coached as we read in here too. He coached uh, softball and track. And that then, that yeah, that's what you'd said, and, and that's he, why I was like, even Holy. after he retired in '93, he was he was a part of the school board and stuff till like 2005, and so he's just been a big part of the community for a long time. And yeah, so sad sad that he passed. He's survived by his wife, um, Susan Orbanic was her maiden name, um, who he met when he was at Youngsville High School. But, right. But, uh, yeah, so. No, that was a good good piece. I'm glad you decided to share that. So, all right, we're going to get into our 10 history facts for the week. And we're going to start back in. Number one. 1890. Cy Young throws a three-hitter in his MLB debut for the Cleveland Spiders in an 8-1 win over the Chicago Colts. couple things here. First of all, uh... That's a long time ago, 1890. So that was a cool fact. That's why I wanted to add that in here. Second, if this whole Guardians thing doesn't work out, go back to Cleveland Spiders. Yeah, that well, that was one of the ones that a lot of people said, actually. Like, I, I play MLB The Show. Yeah. And a lot of people, like, when you play people, I'll play a lot of people that... Um, you get matched up from people in the area a lot of times, too. Yeah. I'll play a lot of t- their team names are Cleveland Spiders. Because you can create your own yeah, franchise kind of thing. You, you create your own, yeah, and okay. team name. And, and they're stuff. the Cleveland Spiders. Yeah, when yeah. I play people online and stuff. And, I'm And I've that. heard that a lot of people were like, wrote one about one. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but while we're on it, real, real quick, uh, this Guardians ordeal isn't isn't done. Remember how I mentioned there was a roller derby team? Mm-hmm. Already named that. Yeah, yeah. So they have now recently launched a 
uh, team store and are like making a bunch of money selling Cleveland Guardians roller derby apparel and they're using it like as leverage for the Indians to either uh, pick a different name or pay them a shitload of money to to change their name. So they're playing hardball, mm-hmm. and I, I like it. I'm for. I'm. I might even get on there and get a shirt. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm pretty fired up about that because I hate the. I hate that name change. I hate the fact that they're changing it anyway. But to go to the Guardians, get the fuck out. Terrible decision. Uh, Cleveland Spiders are bust. That's where I'm at on that. I like the Spiders too. I, me too. I was hoping. I figured that was what they were gonna. Yeah, get, they should honestly. go back to their roots. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. I'm all for that. All right, plowing ahead. Number two. 1921. As I told you, I'm throwing in bucko history when I can, because I know when I look across the table, Kylie like starts glowing when I give bucko history. Because some depending, of it's good. I was going to say depending. Yeah, depending on what it is. I think you'll like today's. I have a couple of them for you. First one, as I said, 1921. KDKA Pittsburgh presents the first ever radio broadcast of a major league baseball game and the pirates beat the Phillies eight nothing. KDK still stands today. Right. Which is pretty cool. So I had no idea that, years that later. Pittsburgh was the team that <laughs> this is the hundredth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, it would. So I had no idea though, that they were the ones who were the first ever like radio broadcast yeah, of a baseball cool. game. I didn't know that either. Yeah. No. Pretty good shit. And they won, so, you know, the people listening on their radios at home or wherever the hell they were, they got a good, you know, good show out of it. Number three. 1922, right back to the Pirates a year later. This is a good one, too. The Pirates set a record 46 hits in a doubleheader against the Phillies. 46 hits in two What's games. What's the breakdown? I didn't see it. Mm. Didn't It didn't show it. I didn't investigate. 40 and 6? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't had, they haven't had, they won't have 46 hits the rest of this, this season. <laughs> they had three in the last two games. Yeah. So we got a long ways to go yeah. to get to 46. We should track that. We're going to track how that. How many days it'll starting, starting two days ago. Yeah. We're going to track and see how how long. So 46 hits in one day, two games in one day. We're at three after two. We're at three after two games. So that's your homework for the next however long it takes. It'll probably be a couple podcasts before they get there. We'll give we'll might, give an update. Might be deep into September. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. That's something to look forward to. Number four. 1936. So I know last week, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of this segment. I told everybody we were going to go over the 1936 Olympics, uh, where Jesse Owens basically gave a big eat a dick to Hitler and it was cool. And then America loved it. I loved it. I mean, I wasn't there or around not even for another 48 years, but, uh, I had a busy week. A lot of shit going on at work and golf and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I didn't get time to research, so that's why we're doing 10 facts. So apologies. Didn't mean to lie to you. 
Anyways, 1936, Jesse Owens wins... Uh, the 200-meter sprint in world record time for his third gold medal of the Berlin Olympics. And, you know, just basically, like like I said, just a fuck off Hitler. I just beat the shit out of everybody in three events. So good for Jesse Owens. And uh, I threw that fact in here so that I didn't completely lie about going over the Olympics. Number five. 1937. The MLB overturns the New York New York Yankees 7-6 win over the Indians because of an umpire error. I just wanted to, you know, I like to throw my Yankee shade here and there. Thought that was a good one. I don't know what the error was. I didn't, again, didn't investigate. But uh, whatever it was, I support the MLB's decision. They made the right call. Number six. 1956. Here's some deja vu. Ready for this one? Boston Red Sox slugger Ted Williams fined $5,000 for spitting at heckling Boston fans the third incident in three weeks. So remember, we this was a fact like last week or the week before. Do you remember? Where we talked about Ted Williams spitting on fans. And I was like, well, they are Boston fans. Boston fans are okay. kind of known. And you said, well, they aren't Philly or right, something. You know, yeah. you remember? Right. Okay. I kind of yeah. remember it now. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I wasn't anticipating this. I'm scrolling through the facts. I see it. And it says third incident in three weeks. What the fuck was going on with Ted Williams? <laughs> That's pretty wild. But I mean, seriously, I, I don't, I don't know the years, like the particular years of his career. So I don't know if this is like 56 is heading towards like the tail end of it, or if it's the middle yeah, beginning, I have no, I have no clue. Either, honestly, but the guy, I think he might have been losing it a little bit. <laughs> He's just spitting on everybody. He's going full Ron Artest out there. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have a fucking idea, bud. Number seven, nineteen thirty-seven. Correction, I read the wrong one. Nineteen sixty-one. I was going backwards. We're going forwards, right? All right, 1961. Oh, this is an embarrassing one, but I threw it on here anyways because we did, you know, kind of boast about the Bills earlier in the show. So we got to even it out. We got to even it out. We're unbiased. We are uh, for the people, and we'll never let our homerness show. So here we go. This is something I didn't know happened either. And I read through a bunch of these and I kind of ignored them because they went like how I thought they would go. But this one didn't. In the 60s, NFL teams used to scrimmage CFL teams in exhibition games. I never knew that they did that. I didn't even know the CFL was a thing in the 60s, but it was. So all the facts that I read were the NFL teams just pummeling the CFL teams. Yeah. Until this one. The Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL beat the Buffalo Bills of the NFL 38-21. <laughs> this is kind of spanked. I mean, a three-possession game. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, that one, that one hurt a little. But I was like, you know what? We got to even it out. It's a little rough. Yeah. It, yeah, because every other one was like, Chicago Bears 50, 
Toronto Argonauts <laughs> 14. Like, they were all just lopsided mm-hmm. ass beatings. And then the Bills go up there and get stomped. Oh, okay. Number eight. 1976. Chicago White Sox suit up in shorts for their game. I didn't know that that ever happened either. Nice. But this is around the time they were experimenting with yellow balls, wasn't it? Didn't we? Uh, I don't remember. Had to be close. So they were just trying to play slow pitch back then. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. They're shorts. Maybe they, they went... should try that for the Field of Dreams game this week. Throw on some shorts? <laughs> Who's playing in that? Uh, Yankees, Yankees White, White Sox. Sox yeah. And they got sweet uniforms. Mm-hmm. Do you see the White Sox mm-hmm. ones? Those are badass. Like the old, the old school White Sox. Is it one game or a whole series? Just one game. I believe. And then they're going where? To Chicago for the rest of them? I would think. I, probably. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. They're, they're doing, they did a Little League game there tonight, too. I heard a rumor that you couldn't buy tickets if you weren't from Iowa. Wow. Is that true? I don't know. You didn't see that? No. That's bullshit if it is. Yeah. Well, like, it might be a COVID deal or something. I don't or know. maybe people of Iowa just don't like anybody else. And for that, I respect them. Makes makes sense. I don't want a bunch of people from Illinois flying over there, shooting guns all over the goddamn place. <laughs> all right. Number nine. 1991. This is pretty cool. And this lady's name's really cool. Team USA softball pitcher Debbie Doom. That's her. Do you know who that is? Have you ever heard of her? Me neither. She strikes out 17 in her second consecutive perfect game in the Pan American Games in Havana, Cuba. Nice. Two back-to-back perfect games in a tournament. How many perfect games do you have? <laughs> Zero. Any no-nos? Mm, on the show. What about an, at Betts Park? <laughs> no. Close? A few innings? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I bet you do. <laughs> Some bad teams down there. Yeah. Yeah. On the show, how many do you have? I don't know. A lot? No. Oh. I've had a couple. Ever, ever I've against... never had a perfect game, though, even. I've had a couple no-headers, I think. Against a live opponent? Yeah. yeah. That's embarrassing. <laughs> There's some people that are pretty bad. They need to go back to. Sometimes you get you run into a guy that's just starting the game or something like that, and they're pretty pretty rough. I was that rough at one time. It's Did you get no hit? I don't think I ever got no hit. No, right that I can remember because you're not an idiot. But I had a couple times where I struck out like 20 times. I remember at the beginning when I was like 20 k. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> when I was first learning how to play, was Kerry Wood pitching? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the Astros. Right, that sucked. Number 10. 2007. San Francisco Giants slugger Barry Bonds hits home run number 756 to break Hank Aaron's longstanding MLB record. What are you pointing at? That's it right there. That's a picture of it right there. The uh, What are those pictures called? Panoramic? Yeah, that's a panoramic of it right there. Of the dinger? Yeah. Oh, the fire. That's is there fireworks? Right there. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at it. <laughs> Swanee gave me that. Did he? Yeah. That's what that is. So, Barry in the hall or not in the hall? Probably not. Do you think he should be? 
Oh, right. I've yeah, I've said that for Rose and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Already. We did yeah. talk about that. Uh. So yeah, I was actually what was kind of funny when I read that one on the that site that I told you that I get all these facts from. A lot of times, well, not a lot, but like every like. I don't know. I mean, there's so many facts for every day. Like I scroll through and read them until I find one that I think is interesting. Some of them have photos, like they'll have a picture of the person with the fact and like Lance Armstrong ones. It'll say like cyclist slash drug cheat. And then like Marion Jones, the, the track star runner slash drug cheat and like all like a bunch of them i've read have that description underneath the photo barry bonds has just said mlb legend (laughs) so clearly that guy thinks whoever manages that site i know i i could tell you what his thoughts are on barry getting into the hall right all right that does it that's all Ten, I believe. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9, District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. Again, congratulations, guys, on your one-year anniversary. Keep up the good work. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the things that sting. Jones Pest Control, your hometown pest control company servicing residential and commercial properties in Warren and surrounding areas since 2015. Sean and his crew will work tirelessly to keep your home or business free of insects to rodents and everything in between. Contact Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548 and set up an appointment today. And remember, ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. Now time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. This edition of the things that sting is brought to you by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. So... Not a whole lot this week. Only one story that I found that I felt was sting-worthy as far as players getting in trouble. Uh, this is a pretty pretty bad one, though. Jeff Gladney, Minnesota Vikings defensive back, was indicted by a grand jury in Dallas, Texas, on a felony domestic violence charge. Uh, it is a felony of the third degree. So for those who don't understand how that works, I don't know how many degrees of felonies there are in Texas because it's different state by state. Like New York has like six degree shit. I've, I I don't know how they break all that down up there, but like in Pennsylvania, uh, it's one, two, and three felony, one, two, three misdemeanor, one, two, three felony, three being the least severe type of felony. So I don't know what the how many what the grading scale is like in Texas. I didn't look into that, but felony three here you can uh, equate it. You know that's uh, of course the the charges that he got like from the story that I'm I'm about to tell. Uh, 
two of these charges would have been felony ones in Pennsylvania. Aggravated assault uh, and then strangulation, which against a in a domestic situation is a felony of the first degree. So Jeff Gladney was accused in April. Uh, I'm sorry, it, the incident occurred in April where Gladney was accused of beating up his girlfriend after an argument regarding the contents in her phone. So he was phone snooping, found something he didn't like, and ends up going ballistic, mm-hmm. allegedly. Mm-hmm. And the woman has accused Gladney of hitting, choking, and dragging her to the ground by her hair. So the Vikings take an immediate immediate stance as soon as the felony indictment comes down from the grand jury in Texas, they release them. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. They were all business when it came to this. They released a statement saying, you know, we take this very serious. Uh, a lot of, you know, this is one of those things that we've talked about before with teams uh, potentially jumping the gun on a release or just washing their hands of it. We don't want anything to do with it. And, you know, you can be somebody else's issue another time or whatever. Uh, mixed feelings on those from a lot of fans. So, you know, like with the Bauer situation, they haven't released him. But there was contractual shit with the CBA for MLB that they couldn't. And, you know, there was former players and fans alike who were upset saying the Dodgers weren't taking it serious because they hadn't done anything. Uh, so... Gladney's agent responds, of course. Brian Overstreet releases a statement where he uh, proclaims Gladney's innocence and uh, has a quote that really kind of hits home to me a little bit. He says, it's a good thing that innocent until proven guilty still exists in this country. And you could obviously, it was followed up with the Vikings clearly don't believe in that. So he was being, you know, a little facetious, a little condescending in his remarks uh, that it's a good thing, you know, he's kind of saying it like, well, it's a good thing that innocent until proven guilty still exists because the Vikings took action prior to, you know, a trial being taking place. And, you know, obviously this guy thinks he's going to be found not guilty and that Vikings jumped the gun is essentially what he's saying. Um, the reason it hits home for me is because uh, how many times do we see the police involved in a in an incident in a city on fire before <laughs> the facts are even released to the media, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we know innocent until proven guilty doesn't really exist in our country anymore. Not the, the media, social media and all of that has eliminated it essentially because everybody can get their thoughts and feelings out before anything even happens. Um, uh, I, and honestly, like this is just to go further with that a little bit. I could see your you know in the years to come jury trials are going to be really difficult because in order to sit on a jury you have to be essentially completely uh ignorant to the case at that point mm-hmm. you have to know nothing about it mm-hmm. so many even smaller cases what would be you know what would have been a smaller case are now high profile because of social media and the internet and you know, just how quick, you know, it's bang, bang, things are online as soon as they happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I'm sure that happens all the time. I mean, that's kind of a, um, 
what I'm, what is the word I'm looking for here, but it's kind of like at your at your honor type thing, right? To say that you don't. There's no way anybody would really know if you did or not. That's yeah, sure. But I think, you know, in most cases, the people would be like, "Oh yeah, I heard all about it," because they don't want to sit on jury duty. Yeah. So. Right. I yeah. That probably happens a lot too, where they don't actually know anything about it, and they just say say they do, so they don't have to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Those people are smart. They don't like jury. I don't know. I I have met people who like jury duty, who think it's interesting to sit and hear a case and, you know, decide. They they think, yeah. and it probably is. If you got into an interesting case, it would probably be kind of fun. If you're, yeah. you know, all these true crime people who are out there, mm-hmm. they'd probably love doing it. Uh, you know, as I hunt through different podcasts and listen to different ones and see what's out there and some of the podcast groups on Facebook and everything. There's like a million true crime. Oh, ones I listened. Now. There's one in particular that I listen to. I listen to mainly sports ones, but when I run out of my main, like, there's like two or three main sports ones I listen to, and and when I run dry on them, there's a true crime one that I go to as my backup. Yeah. What's it called? Sword and Scale. <clears throat> who? But yeah, anybody so. like who is the uh, host? I I can't remember the guy's name. What's his claim to fame? I don't or is he just a podcast host? Yeah, I think he's just oh. a podcast host. Wow. And he does a good job. You like it? Yeah, yeah. It's a very cool. good one, yeah. I yeah, so, I mean, with all that, those people would enjoy jury duty. Mm-hmm. Speaking of jury duty, we're going off the rails. This is what we do. Uh, the post on Facebook I thought was hilarious that I threw up on the, the Facebook page where it said the Olympics, but... You just randomly get selected and they tell you what event you have to do. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. You didn't see the post on the page? No. The one where, yeah, it said. Uh, I don't get on my Facebook a whole lot. That's honestly. true. You don't. <laughs> but yeah, it said, it said, uh, it said, imagine the Olympics, but they random, they select random people from every country. So not trained athletes. I mean, it could be, it's random selection, but they just like randomly pick people and they're like you're doing the uneven bars and you have to go do it (laughs) and i put that's what i put at the top was well it'd be better than getting selected for jury duty (laughs) that would be fun to watch though wouldn't it just like random dudes yeah random random people people pick to just like (laughs) do the balance you gotta go do the you know the 100 meter hurdles (laughs) right you just yeah it'd be fun uh, okay, so back to Jeff Gladney. Where were we at here? Oh, we talked about... Okay, so the the incident actually took place April 1st. So this is an older case, but it got drug out so long that... And, and I don't even remember. Maybe I even brought this up when he first got... April was so long ago, I don't even remember if I talked about this on an episode. Maybe I did when he first got arrested. There's just limited information. It was probably quick. I don't remember, but, um, yeah, so it happened April 1st. He was arrested for it April 5th and if convicted, so this is going, you know, it's going to go to trial. If he's found guilty, he could face a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. So. Which nobody ever faces a full term or anything. Not typically, (laughs) no. Not typically. No, you, he might get sentenced to 10 years, right. be eligible for parole in, you know, five or whatever. And end up getting out in three. 
nine months or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions in the prison system, that's for sure. Uh, so this isn't the only bad news Gladney got was the indictment. He also got smacked with a lawsuit from the girlfriend for one million cash. I suppose she'd probably take a check. Uh, the suit claims Gladney attempted to bribe, threaten, blackmail, m- and manipulate the, now I'm assuming, ex-girlfriend to keep the situation under wraps. So now he has criminal and civil problems, so he's facing you know the worst of the worst, getting, getting smacked from both sides. So Gladney was a first-round pick in 2020 at a TCU. And once released, he passed through waivers unclaimed naturally. So we will, you know, that's one we'll, I say we'll follow up on it, but shit, I might have talked about this when he initially got arrested and I'm following up on it now, not knowing if I did before or not. I need to start writing this shit down because mm-hmm. I don't remember. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens that when they said. a long time ago. And that's pretty natural for. Like with the Bauer thing, we're gonna see the same thing. It's gonna go. It's gonna go on for. Oh yeah. What was that? Four months ago. It'll go on at least that long. Yeah. Before we hear. It. Yeah, yeah. This was They'll April. Keep pushing the case back, pushing it back. Yeah. That's natural for stuff like this. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, with a grand jury, the reason they take things to a grand jury is to, uh, basically, present. They present what uh, the case, and then the the grand jury decides whether or not the charges should be bound over for a trial. Mm -hmm. And in this case they were. So the only other thing I saw today before you close up was, uh, I sent it to you and Mike, which it's, I shouldn't assume anything and I'm not going to, but it's fair to wonder when you see Alden Smith get, uh, released, it's Uh, fair. It's fair. It's fair to wonder if something happened, something happened or if, but maybe it was, purely uh ability yeah um but but he has a but it, yeah pass. he's got a history of, he does have it. so it's i mean we'll see maybe he'll end up on on the things that sting next week <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we will, he sure. would have been on it a lot before right, this podcast yeah, was sure. about five years older yeah big time because he had some serious issues so uh, a couple more things that we're going to get to uh in this segment one Last week, we talked in the Things That Sting about the Colts' injury bug. And today... That's right. Yeah. Did they get some good news? Well, I don't know if it's... I, I don't think nothing, anything is definite, but they they're, seem hopeful. Well, Nelson says he is playing week one. He don't give a shit. <laughs> Which it's probably... I don't know. We'll see. But And they they're, they're say that... Wentz is trending that way too. We'll okay. See, but. So the news came out today that, and like I said, last week we talked about the Colts getting the injury bug to, you know, very key players to what they have going for them in 2021. Which this report is kind of, I mean, I'm not too surprised because everybody's kind of been wondering what are they, what are they going to do? Or are they going to make a move? Well, if, if, if things are, and they've probably known this maybe longer than the reports even been out, been hopeful that this would be the case. Maybe that's why they haven't made it. Right. You know? Uh, so real quick, while we're talking about the Colts too, uh, Sam is it Ellinger, Ellinger, yeah, Ellinger the rookie from Texas. Texas. Yeah. So f- 
just I'm just gonna put this out in the universe just in case something happens with that guy and he ends up starting and ends up playing really well. Yeah, him and Jacob Eason are the two guys fighting for the job. Uh Dwight, Damcott, buddy of mine, trooper, who listens to the show, told me and this was at the beginning of last college football season that he really liked that quarterback and actually said that he reminds him like his build and everything reminds him of Josh Allen. And he was, he's Dwight like said that he wouldn't be surprised if that guy like translated one day in the NFL. So interesting that that popped up the other day when we were talking about that and he was getting starting snaps. Of course, it's because Wentz is hurt, but if that panned out into something, That'd be kudos to Dwight because that was just like a a comment he made to me that I just remembered. Mm. Uh, you know, they I just yeah, we'll see what happens. That'd be a good call on Dwight's part if that dude ends up coming out and tearing it up a little bit or developing and becoming yeah, a starter. He's okay, at Texas. Nothing, yeah, nothing too special, but so the last thing that we're gonna just touch on. I mean, this won't take long. NFL released a statement the other day saying that they have the referees this year really looking to hammer down on taunting penalties. Do they say that every year, you think? Or do they just kind of pick a new thing to hammer on? Yeah, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Every year it's like the one year it was pass interfering. Right, yeah. exactly. Helmet to helmet. Right. And now we're on to taunting. Uh. It's probably Tyreek Hill's fault, I think. He's always doing his peace sign when he's blowing the doors off of just about everybody. Um, I don't know how how when um when the Bucks finished him off there and Winfield gave Winfield him- gave him the peace sign. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and actually, I think that was the photo that I saved. That was like the cover the. The cover photo for the, the new on story. The and he yeah, and he's down peace sign. Peace sign. <laughs> uh, I I I like Winfield because of his dad. His dad was a Bill. He was a good Bill. Then he went to Minnesota. But um, anyways, I just don't. It's just let the you know what do they say in MLB? Let the kids play. These dudes are competing at the highest level imaginable for the sport and a physical sport at that. I just don't, I don't know. I get, you know, role models, kids are watching, yada, yada. But at the same time, it's like heat of the moment shit. It's going to end up costing the team a game probably if they're really like looking that closely at it. I don't know, but... It'll be like everything else. I'm not really that concerned. But it'll be like first couple of weeks. There so might be a couple extra that they call, and then it'll just slide back. To yeah, normal. filter out. That's the way it has with everything they do. Yeah, they. Just, I think they just like to like. The league likes to be like, yeah, we're trying to do something. They just to, so people think that they're trying to that they're trying to do something. On them. Yeah, I think that's all it is because everything else they've done, it's like it starts out the first couple of weeks. There might be a couple more. Then yeah. it slides back to. Normal. I think the only one they probably haven't is helmet to helmet because they call that out on anything that even looks close, which is why I always preach that they need to go to the college ruling on that and fucking review it because how many penalties have we seen that are called helmet to helmet 
and you watch a replay and the helmet's off the shoulder pad or it's it's not a true helmet to helmet hit. Mm. I just wish that the NFL would adopt targeting, throw the penalty, review it, pick up the penalty or it stands, whatever. If they want to eject the guy, I don't care. Like, of course, college benches are a lot deeper than the NFL. You know, they get, what, 80, 90 guys on a roster, no big deal. But maybe not eject them. Maybe, you know, first one warning, second one ejection, whatever, however they want to do it. But just go to targeting instead of the personal foul helmet to helmet hit because it's extremely uh, a judgment call, like, to, to the – to the core that's what it is and if they're wrong it doesn't matter it's still the penalty lives on and i think that's bullshit and i just wish that that is something that they would address and go to the targeting thing but i know i've i talked a long time ago in an episode of of the show about that and college overtime and how both of those uh you know, situations, the targeting and the college overtime are so much better than the NFL style, but the NFL is just too proud to admit that college football does something better than them. It's the way it, it's been. It's the way it always will be, I think. But, uh, yeah, so don't, don't talk shit to anybody. If you make a nice play or, get, you know, whatever, I guess you're going to get flagged for – the first couple of weeks if Kylie's right. All right. All right, that wraps it up. This edition of The Things That Sting is brought to you by Jones Pest Control, Ants, Spiders, Bees, or Mice. Don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. Welcome back, Jones Pest Control. Glad to have you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with my hive. Some NFL fan rant updates. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. This edition of My Hive is brought to you by Swing Juice. Visit swingjuice.com and use promo code BEHIVE20 for 20% off your golf and MLB apparel. Shop Swing Juice. Support the Beehive Sports Podcast. Swing Juice. Wear it, feel it, play it. All right. NFL fan rant update. We might be jumping the gun on this because it's not going to take place for a little while, but I don't think we are. I want to get, I want to prepare everybody because what we've decided to do is we're splitting the winners, AFC, NFC, and we're going to have a playoff. So it's a, what, eight-team eight, eight playoff, AFC versus NFC. What Kylie and I are going to do here 
is draw the names, the winners, and we're going to draw them one through four. So one being the one seed, two being the two seed, so forth. Once the the both divisions are done, or I'm sorry, both conferences, then one will be matched up against four, two against three in both conferences. And we're going to have, uh, what's Jim Rome call it? The smack off or something like that. I can't remember. I don't listen to Jim Rome, but I know a bunch of people do, but he has like one day a year. It's like the smack off where people just call in and talk shit. So it's kind of going to be like that. But this time you are not going to support why your team could win. You're just totally going to trash the other team that you're matched up against. So you're not like uh, an example. If you, you know, are the Browns, uh, the Browns are in this right with Pelly. So if they match up with uh, Mike Boyd, who's the bills, Pelly's job will be to trash the bills. Boyd's job to trash the Browns. Then we put it up to a vote again and the winner moves on. So we're not going to do this until probably a good two, three, maybe a month into the season. But I just want to start fueling the fire early so that you know who you're matched up against and you just can focus all of your energy in the month of September on hating that team. And then that way you'll have good ammunition for uh, when it, you know, when it comes up. And we're probably going to do, I don't know, we could probably do two Two rounds, four phone, four phone calls. That'd be two, two games, two matches. I guess we could do that in one episode, so we could get through it pretty quick. But so we're gonna draw them. Kylie has a popcorn bucket uh, with the four. What are we doing first? AFC. Yeah. Okay. In the popcorn bucket is a folded up piece of paper with the winners of the AFC fan rant. So shake the bucket. Everybody can hear that. Something fell out. Was that a piece of popcorn? Yeah, I think it was. Old piece, old piece of popcorn in that bucket. All right. So if his buttery fingers cannot slide off a sheet of paper, the number one seed is? In the AFC, the number one seed is Darren Francisco's Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Darren, I'm writing it down. Darren Francisco Colts. The number two seed. In the AFC is Joe Pellegrino's Cleveland Browns. All right. So we have three seed. So this AFC. will be Pelly's opponent right here. In the AFC. So we have going Browns. Against Joe Pellegrino's Cleveland Browns is Max Davis. Max Davis. And he's the the artist formerly <laughs> known as the San Diego Chargers. So we really don't have to draw the last one. The San Diego Chargers. Because it's the Bills. It's Mike right. Boyd. Mike right? Boyd is the four seed. So he's the four seed. Okay. Mike Boyd. I still wanted to shake the bucket. Yeah. Keep. I, I encourage that. The NFC are now being dropped into the bucket. All right. NFC dropped into the bucket. And we have... I really want to see a Mike Honorati against Edward Brown matchup in this. I, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could get dirty. <laughs> Phil Buckheimer. All I have right. no idea who he represented either. Phil Buckheimer. 
represented the Washington Redskins team. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to. He's a one seed. Two He's seed. Two seed. Michael Costanza. Okay. And that's the Panthers. Yeah, so we aren't going to have an Edward Brown against Mike Honorati. Nope. Three seed. Michael Skeddy Honorati. Skeddy. So you... Edward Brown is the fourth. Edward Brown. All right. So 49ers for Skeddy. Lions. Excellent. Okay, so here's what we have. Darren Francisco versus Mike Boyd. Yeah. That is the Colts-Bills. So, Darren, uh, without saying anything about it to me until the time comes, because I don't want to hear it, start hating on the Bills. Brush up. Pay attention to what they're doing. Mike, same thing for the Colts. And we have Pelly and Max. So, we have Bills-Colts. We have Browns-Chargers in the fan rant. And remember, the rules are simple. You just literally will... It's going to be the same thing. Three minutes or less, you just have to trash the other team for that amount of time. And whoever trashes the best will get the votes, and they will they will move on to the conference championships. And then finally, you know, the Super Bowl. Uh, based off what I know from the the chatter that I hear about the fan rant, Edward Brown... Heavy favorite. I don't know. I have. I don't. I don't think FanDuel has odds up, but I'm pretty Honor sure. Honorati is a pretty good trash talker too. Though. He is a good. That's trash why talker. I want to see that matchup. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll be. That's a matchup. I'm not ruling out Phil or Mike with the the skins and right. Panthers. No, I'm but not ruling anybody out. You have some work to do, <laughs> both of you, because you you guys are going up against heavyweights right off the get go. So. Yeah, I mean the votes. The votes will speak for themselves. But the you know, uh, if I was a gambling man, which I am, I would put money on a 49ers Lions NFC Championship fan rant. So AFC is wide open. Niners Lions. AFC could go go Can't anywhere. Wait to hear Honorati trash the Lions. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jared Goff. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got some Jared Goff experience. That old NFC West guy. So. So, yeah, Phil versus uh, Edward, Mike versus Mike, and that's that. So we're going to – we'll plan that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we'll do uh, – uh, I don't know, a couple weeks, month. We'll figure it out because here's the thing. We can't start it next week, and here's why. Uh, Kylie – had a pretty good idea. So Malice in the Palace has hit Netflix, right? Yeah. And you watched it already. Yep, I watched okay, it. Okay, so without giving too much away, if people aren't from, if you aren't familiar with Malice in the Palace, uh, have an idea. But it's the Pistons, Pacers, Throwdown, 
the crowd involved, big fight. They did a documentary on it because that's how huge it was. I mean, this is the ma- the the game where Artest goes into the crowd, fights fans. Like it, it got out of control. He was laying on the score table, and the beer remember beer, the, beer, the guy yeah. throws the beer, and it lands right on his chest. Yeah. what a shot! Yeah, great, <laughs> good toss. So, homework assignment for the listeners, Kylie. Tell them what it is. Uh, just watch watch the doc and. And uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Next week, we're going to discuss. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're just so going to go gonna over. We're going to break it down We're going to break bit. it down a little bit and go over what our thoughts on it were right. and stuff. And, so before next it's episode. A cool, to all I'll say is without without ruining anything is it's just got a cool perspective to it from the player's point of view. You got um, Artest, Artest, Steven Jackson, and um, Jermaine O'Neal from the Pacers. And then you have uh, Ben Wallace from the Pistons all in on this um, being interviewed. Plus, there was at least one, maybe two fans um, um, with their whole points of view throughout. Right. Lots of um, never seen camera angles. Um, and they break down everything as it's going along. And it's without ruining it too much. You'll, right. Just just to get people to want okay watch so it. Cool. Ho- homework assignment to the listeners before next week's episode which will probably come out wednesday thursday that's about when we've been doing them to anywhere from tuesday to thursday uh before that episode is released you have to watch malice in the palace so that you can follow along next week and uh you know maybe we'll throw a post on facebook everybody can discuss and throw out their points of view on what they think so that's uh that's next week so that's why we can't jump into the fan rant right away. Plus, I, like I said, I want to get a little bit of the season going so we can see what these teams are, are shaping up to be. Uh, and then, you know, it'll just provide more ammunition for everybody to talk shit uh, to each other. And I can't wait to listen to that. I just get to, like, be kind of like a not even a mediator or a referee. I just get to sit there and listen and laugh. So I'm excited for this. I feel like it got, going into the if you were waiting until like week three or four or something, you're putting Edward Brown on a bit of a disadvantage. <laughs> that might even the playing field. Maybe I'm just evening it out. Right. <laughs> yeah, because the Lions will more than likely be owing three or four. You never. Who knows? I mean, they got the guy who the coach who said we're gonna get punch in the mouth yeah we're gonna get up we're gonna punch them in the mouth then we're gonna take a bite out of their leg and then we're gonna take another but what i don't even dan campbell right yeah one of the worst press conferences i've ever seen in my life (laughs) terrible but yeah so next week that's what we're gonna get into malice to palace shortly after we'll get into the fan rant Sometime late September. So I know we have some other guests coming on for my hive also coming up uh, as we get out of uh, when baseball season winds down for the minor leagues. We'll have Connor Gray on and uh, yeah, a couple other. I got uh, possibly a little hunting special coming up. We'll see. So that will wrap up my hive and. This episode, this edition of My Hive is brought to you by Swing Juice. Visit SwingJuice.com, use the promo code BEHIVE20 for 20% off your golf and MLB apparel. 
Take a break. Stick around for closing. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week's episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. I want to thank our sponsors, SwingJuice.com. Visit SwingJuice.com. Use promo code BEEHIVE20 for 20% off your order. Jones Pest Control. Me, Myself, and Ride Podcast. D9 and 10 Sports.com. Thank you all. Don't forget your homework assignment next week. Malice in the Palace. Watch it on Netflix. Uh, that way we can... Break it down. You can follow along and discuss. And stand by soon for the next edition of the Fan Rant. We're going to get to that, like I said, here in a couple months. So, or a couple, not a couple months, a month, something. All right, everybody. Take care. Be safe. <laughs>